but we're giving a story that then can be packaged up and shared by others in the business, which can be incredibly powerful, right? Because just think about this example you're talking about. Yes, we're solving uh, a communication challenge by building a story around it, but we're also giving our key stakeholder that story that can then go to his bosses and tell the story. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. So what's new? What's going on this week? More snow. So um, our, our good friend that uh, we've recorded some episodes with, uh, Stephen Marshall, is in town at the uh, Brand Storytelling Festival that's aligned with Sundance. And he texts me this morning. He's like, dude, I don't, I don't know if he's, he's got to be joking. He's like, dude, I didn't know it snowed in Park City. I'm like, They've got to have like 200 inches up there by this point. It's like so much. It's a ski resort. It's a ski resort. (laughs) Ah, sweet kid. Nice, Uh, nice. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been cold and lots of lots of snow. So I'm not complaining. Well, I'm gonna complain about the cold, but not the snow. I'm I like one or two good snowstorms a year, and then I am done with it. Have you taken your? solo stove out and in the cold and done some marshmallows or something yeah yeah actually monday afternoon we uh we broke it out nice um i I finished up a little bit of work and we went out and you know broke it out because it was nice it was it was nice out it was sunny um it wasn't too chilly so got it out and that that thing gets hot do you have any city ordinances or anything that tell you when or when you can't use that thing or just can't burn leaves and use common sense yeah understood unlike my neighbor who i've posted videos of on the other side of the park um that tries to burn down the whole park by burning leaves dude that dude's crazy like it can be the driest day of the year he'll stack up a pile of leaves and garbage from his yard like three feet high throw gasoline on that thing and throw a match on it and the flames are got to be a good 20 feet high yeah. They're like kissing the, it looks like they're kissing the leaves of the trees that are in the park. I'm like, dude, you're going to burn down this whole forest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, the big ordinances is leaves just because one it's, it's, it's a community of row homes. So mm. the smell, yeah. like, it, it's too, yeah. it's too dense to burn leaves. Yeah. Um, And while we do go through periods of time in the summer where it's, it, it's dry or there's maybe a bit of a drought going on it's nothing like what I know you deal with at times, like the real dry season out there. Yeah. Um, so it's more like if you're going to do it, use common sense. As with most things in life. Yeah. But like, uh, was it five years ago? Um, one of the branches on the tree, like a big branch broke off because of snow. Like we had the real head, mm-hmm. uh, wet, heavy snow. Yeah. Uh, broke it off. We went out. It was me um like a neighbor and um a friend cut it up and then my neighbor ended up getting a, a burn barrel and just burned burned it all 
<laughs> burn that. Burn it all. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else, but uh, like, no, he, he, just, he just burnt it all. <laughs> I'm going to put the solo stove on my uh, wish list. It it's cool. fun. It's yeah. nice. And they've actually, what, maybe about six months ago, came out with a new version mm. where it's easier to clean. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's uh, we have the small one. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, well, I now they have like it. even like a countertop one. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, like if, if you want to really like just have a little something on a table yeah. to roast marshmallows or whatever, they've got a real compact small one. I've got I think they, it's called the Ranger, which is like the ones you actually put on the ground. It's the smaller of them. Next time I'm gonna get like the real big one. Yeah, and so that's why I can really burn stuff. <laughs> Burn it, burn it. Well, so like this summer, I have some work planned at my in-laws' house, cleaning up the the front yard. There's some stuff that's gotten a little overgrown, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to cut it all down. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cut it all down and just burn it. Not even try to you know figure out how to dispose of it. Just burn it. Yeah. Do you have to get a burn permit for that, or again, is it more of a common sense type of thing? I don't know. Uh, right now, I'm going to err on the side of it's just use common sense. Yeah, until someone tells you otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. Which they did over here. Across the fire last time, my neighbor was burning. The fire department showed up because oh, okay. apparently a couple of the neighbors like they didn't see what he was doing, but they just saw the smoke and reported a fire. Fire department showed up and like, dude, you got to use some more common. And so after they had done that i saw him dragging out a couple of hoses i guess they told him he had to have like hoses on standby and a bunch of stuff so yeah yeah anyway good stories good yeah stories. yeah which gives me my segue into to our topic this week um so we're going to wrap up our series on story and the importance of story and storytelling. Uh, so last week we had on, you know, our friend Stephen Marshall, who you mentioned earlier, is now in Park City, uh, and a colleague of his, Chase Friedman, to talk about storytelling and, and brands, which was a great episode. Yeah. Um, so the component I want to talk about today to, to wrap it up is... Uh, storytelling for for individuals. So this could be work. This could be just life. How does storytelling um, uh, you know, apply to individuals, and how is it a very powerful tool? Um, so again, I've kicked off each of these episodes talking about story and, and what it is, and you know, ultimately, I keep going back to this one line from Stephen back from an episode we recorded uh, two months ago. You know, and ultimately, like story provides a level of familiarity. And when it's done well, it conveys information in a way that re- uh, resonates with all involved. So when thinking about individuals, how does story apply to individuals in a workplace setting? Um, and I'm asking that question, but I want to ask it rhetorically because I actually have something I want to kick off the conversation about it. Because one of the ways you could tell story story is important for, for individuals. Think about every kind of like group outing you've been to again, whether it's in your career, whether it's been socially or, or, or various groups and you have that get to know you um, mm-hmm. portion of it, that icebreaker. And we all have those stories that we have tucked away for just that to kind of help tell a bit about yourself. And I think the fact that like any of those kinds of events that have that show you right there the importance of story because it helps create an immediate bond with people. So like my go-to uh, for years has been my internship when mm-hmm. I was in college that I've talked about multiple times on here that, yeah, I worked for a minor league baseball team 
And part of my job was being the mascot. <laughs> but as I was preparing for this episode, there's something specific with you and I, and there's a specific story mm. uh, that connected us right from, from the beginning. I think I'm pretty sure I know the story. Yeah. So I remember the first time we talked, I broke out this story and I was talking about the spicy sushi challenge from Adobe summit 2012. And our a mutual friend of ours was also part of that story. So as I started telling it, you're like, wait, 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 you were that guy. I'm like, yeah, I was the ringleader of it. And from right there, like that, that is a story eight years later that, that comes back whatever we talk about like that was one of the first things that we used as, as a connection when i first started interviewing for a position here yeah <laughs> and it's such a great story it is a great story i love and, when randy breaks out the pictures uh, the pictures are, are incredible what i love about the story is it was such a memorable story but i had I had that story in my head before I had even known you. And I had like this whole image and picture of everything. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, that was me. I'm like, wait, you're this guy in this story that I've been hearing about for, it was, you know, to kind of connect everything was just incredible. Yeah. Because that story happened years before. And then you and Randy started working together. So no doubt he was telling that story. Yeah. And then years after that, you and I meet and I tell that story and it just connected all of these dots for you. One yeah. simple story gave you a lot of context going into, <laughs> into a conversation with somebody new. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's such a, such a powerful, fun thing to, to remember and connect everything. And, and we all have those, you know, we all have those stories and, um, you know, speaking of Randy, Randy and I share a story that it's, I don't know how long it's more than 10 years. Randy was, was out here in Utah. Um, and we were, uh, going to a little lounge, uh, in Salt Lake called the Gibson girl lounge. Um, and we, we got there and it was full of people. We're like, wait a minute, this isn't, it's usually this very quiet jazz music playing. It was a little rowdy. I'm like, what is going on here? So we go in Randy and I sit down and sit at a couch and just, you know, having some drinks and hanging out. And uh, all of a sudden we started watching an episode of Shark Tank. And they're, the guy there is pitching some like magic diet pills and Mark Cuban's ripping him apart. Anyway, the guy that manufactured the pills was hosting a watch party at this lounge and he invited all his friends to watch it. They're handing out samples and they're Randy and I are like, wait a minute, what did we just are we supposed to even be here? We stumbled into this thing and we ended up walking away with these samples of these like magic dot. It, it was incredible. And we still talk about it to this day that, you know, this just random moment became this story. That's part of our, you know, friendship and experience together. Yeah. And you don't really realize it until you think about it. Just like whenever you meet somebody new or new, um, a new group or just a new setting, you know, sometimes sharing those things help create an, an immediate bond. And it's just something I think like also that's just innate and thinking back to what we've talked about so far in this series, for some reason, when it comes to certain aspects of work, whether it's you're a brand, whether you're an analyst trying to, to share data, we push that aside. We think it's fluff. We think yeah. it's extra instead of it really using it the way it should be of being able to connect complex topics 
and help that resonate with an audience. And I can empathize because I, I, I understand why people take that stance, especially if you work in more, uh, I guess, technical or scientific roles that you don't want to take away from the purity of what you do by wrapping some kind of like, well, let's call it what it is, like some entertainment la- layer around what you do. You feel like it maybe cheapens or takes away from from what you you do. And I, I can completely empathize with that. And I, I think it's important for us to separate putting a story, creating entertainment around nothing, you know, letting that be your offering um, because you have nothing to add. Not not what we're talking about here. Not at all. What, what we're talking about here is thinking about how to be memorable, number one, and number two, how to communicate, especially when you work in technical fields, incredibly complex topics to an audience that this may not be what they do all day. You know, we need to empathize with um, our audience. We need to empathize that they may not be experts in math or in stats or in coding or fill in the blank. And if we truly want to get our message across to them, we have to think in terms of how are we going to engage and entertain them? Um, And so we shouldn't we shouldn't um, we shouldn't feel like we're taking away from what it is that we do. In fact, it should be looked at as we're enhancing what we do because we're able to communicate something again that is very complex to an audience that they don't do this all day very all day and that should feel incredibly rewarding to us yeah yeah totally agree and i also think about a front from the other aspect of where, where it's helpful especially when we start to zero in on the 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 um with with the lens of you know our particular work is is creating relationships with people in general um like one of the things that that work does is it dehumanizes you like Mm -hmm. you're a resource you're someone to be assigned a task or this is an email to send to a team to 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 handle a request for me whereas Mm -hmm. taking that extra time and building that relationship with folks it it is it is so helpful and the story like I, i think of um there's a particular client of mine and their technical lead and someone on their other product team i've built a relationship with telling stories around sports mm-hmm. um he's a new england patriots fan i you know i'm i'm a philadelphia sports fan so like when when it's football season he'll open an email or a, a slack message to me about man that was a great game this weekend how do you think it's shaping up and oh by the way um, I have this developers looking into this. Can I have them reach out to you with a question? Yeah. Like that, it, like that relationship is built over the story of me meeting on site with them and just chit chatting over lunch about hobbies. We now have this connection. And again, to also further clarify, like you were just meant talking a moment ago of, um, you know, putting story and fluff around nothing. I'm not talking about using this as a way to manipulate. It's a way to build relationships and to build productive ones. You have that common relationship. You're you're going to have a bond with somebody and a level of rapport that's going to make you both successful. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, while it is on one hand touching on a different subject of uh, being human in the workplace, it, it really is 
combined with storytelling as as humans we we tell our history we teach through story um and so i think it's important to bring those those two factors together and just remind uh, our our listeners that being human at work is is should be a good thing and you know for far too many organizations and for far too much of our kind of history we've been told you know, it's just work. You keep work, you know, at work, your work gym at home, your home gym. Uh, but that's not reality, right? We're, we're the same person. And the fact that we dehumanize work, uh, sadly, I think was by design to keep us focused on the work. You know, when you come to work, you don't, it's not because it's not because, you know, we we're, we're trying to do something greater. We're, we're saying that because we need Jim to not worry about his home or life problems or anything else. We just need him to do the work, you know? So it's it, that concept wasn't developed out of the goodness of, for, of the, you know, what we want for Jim. It's we want Jim to do work. So don't bring your personal life to work, but that's not reality. And, you know, I'm reminded of, of a story and I think it's probably the same client where I got, um, in trouble a little bit, not from a client, but from another consulting agency for sharing a personal story during the call. Um, and our client said, no, 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 that's what we love about you guys, that you're willing to be human and personal. You know, it makes us memorable. It makes us able to bond and create these relationships. We are not robots. We have emotion. And then we tell that emotion through story. Yeah. And, and funny enough, yes, it is that same client. And I was talking to, to another um, stakeholder we have there yesterday. And how did we open up our, our conversation? She was like, how was the weekend? You know, Hey, did you do anything fun or how's this going? I'm like, Oh, it was great. We did this. We did this. You know, uh, my sister's expecting twins and you know, we had, had a get together, you know, about that. And then she goes on to tell me about like her daughter's getting ready to go off to college and then it's okay, let's get into work. And again, it, th- those sharing those moments, you know, we, we, with the holidays and everything, we really haven't, she and I have like had passing conversations, but really haven't connected in really over a month. Yeah. So it was like, oh, yeah, let's make sure we, we touch base on these key things. But again, telling those stories up front kind of like refreshed that, that rapport we have with each other. And then we got into the work and, and, and we had a very productive conversation. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing about those conversations, whether it's, opening a meeting with how was your weekend or opening a group discussion with tell us a story. Um, there's two different versions of that. There's the manufactured corporate version, and then there's the real human authentic version. And far too many of our business conversations that, that start with how's the weather, how was the weekend? Uh, it's done as a way to just kind of break the ice and get things going, but people don't really care. You know, it's just a formality. But in these cases, it's not a formality. Like they truly want to know, like, what did you, like, how was your weekend? How are you doing? They want to know because we've created that humanistic connection by being open, by telling stories, by sharing stories with each other. And it's not just a a customary greeting, you know, how are you doing? It's a truly... I care about Jim and I want to hear the story about how he's, he's doing. And I think when you're able to get to that place, whether it's with coworkers, uh, whether that it's with customers, clients, you're able to unlock a level of relationship and value that I don't think you can unlock otherwise. Uh, and it's truly incredible to see it play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I like how you talk about like the, the phony, the, the phony manufactured 
piece of it because it's 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 like anything the minute corporate middle managers like that that's the best way i could describe it you know they get a hold of something mm -hmm. it becomes a shell of itself yeah you know people genuinely connecting and telling some fun personal matters now becomes like this this phony meet and greet mm -hmm. and people see through that right like and it's uncomfortable and it's awkward and we know that but when you make it authentic and it's just about this is how humans engage and interact it's such a different feeling you know yeah. it, you shouldn't have to force it yeah it's like the the difference between yep yeah, you know, here's my family this is where we this is where we live or whatnot versus here's a funny story from college yeah and let's talk about the differences so here's a funny story from college here's my story about the mascot here's the story about jim like almost dying because he ate spicy sushi think about what's the major differentiator between that and the conversation where it's forced what what's the major differentiator um one i'm telling stories to make people laugh and telling stories of where i was put into goofy situations or just honestly made the one of the worst decisions of my life um with the the spicy sushi but telling people, you know, a funny story like, yeah, if you've ever been to a minor league baseball game and you saw the the person walk around in the mascot costume or you've ever been to the mall and there's a local sports team, you know, there for an event, I was the dude in the, uh, the costume. <laughs> and the outcome is that what? I don't even know when that was. 20 years? 22 years ago. 23 years ago. Almost. We're still talking about that story. It's memorable. When it's inauthentic and forced, no one remembers the story. You're not memorable, right? And so it's a it's a good it's a good analogy for when we're talking about using story in in the workplace. Again, if we're forcing it, if it's inauthentic, we might as well not even do it because people aren't even going to remember it tomorrow. But if we authentically go into it, we can create stories that people are talking about 20, 30 years later. And yeah. that's, again, what we should be aiming to do. We want to be Hold on. memorable. Hold on. Speaking of memorable. Hold on. Jim's gone off to find some visual uh, example. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually me. This is not just a generic picture of the mascot from the team. Uh, this is actually me in there. I was doing an outing at the Hamilton Mall in New Jersey, there was a couple of players there at a table signing autographs. I'm walking around and next thing I know, I get pulled in by the picture people and they took pictures and, and about a week later, a bunch of them showed up on my desk and then um, I gave one to my dad mm. and he put it up at his desk at work and, you know, he tells coworkers, yeah, this is what I'm sending my, co my kid to college to do. <laughs> But you talk about, you know, things being memorable and that's actually a really good point is, is, you know, like you, you, you tell something that, that people are going to remember, remember you by, cause all I can think about is after I told you the, the spicy sushi challenge and you connected all the dots, you probably got off the phone and called Hila and said, you know, okay, we got to hire the jackass that came up with that idea. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, 
that has to be part of our story. It was such an incredible story. And speaking of your mascot costume and your dad saying, this is what I'm paying my kid to go to college for. He reminded me of, uh, there's an, so, you know, I'm a huge impractical jokers fan. Yeah. Uh, there, there's an episode where they're punishing Murr, where they're making him walk home from the mall to his house on long Island, uh, wearing a deer costume. Yes. Um, and he gets home and his, he's laying, on the uh, front yard and they're shooting him with paintballs and his dad walks out the front door and says, wait a minute, didn't I pay for him to go to Georgetown? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love impractical jokers. And they used to film a lot at the Borgata, which is in Atlantic city. And yeah. I always, yeah. I'd always hope to like just happen to go there and them being there. And I've actually, I've seen them live. Mm. Uh, I've seen them live twice. Um, you know, I know like there's the Joe left the group and you know, I have hopes he'll eventually rejoin, but um, the three of them still tour and they are, they are hysterical because they do, they get the audience laughing, telling stories of themselves growing up and um, just like the, you know, them on tour and some of the things that they do, it's just, they're, they're a good show. So if you ever see them uh, or you have ever a chance to go see them, go see them. Yeah, and and I, dates. and and I am sad that Joe left as well. In fact, the other day I was watching an, an old episode, and um, my 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 now eight year old uh, said, "Dad, are you sad that Joe left? Because he was like the best one, right? Like I'm so shame. sad. <laughs> he really didn't. My favorite was when he was like in the coffee shop uh, with the bathroom door wide open, sitting on the toilet asking for toilet paper. I'm like." None of the rest of them would have done. Only Joe. Only Joe. That was great. Um, <laughs> my favorite, though, my favorite punishment is Sal and Bingo. Oh, they're like a Mohegan Sun. Yeah, and, and um, Bingo! You know, he, <laughs> and you can tell, like the people, like there's this one lady next to him who's about to kill him. Yeah, like, they're getting so hell. mad. Yeah, because these are people oh. that take this seriously. So, like, I even like between that one and the punishment for Q when he was on the Universal Studios tour and he had to oh, keep yeah. hitting the the emergency brake for questions. Yes. Like, they I get throw him off the bus. <laughs> I get anxiety by proxy. I do too. There are some episodes where I have to turn off the punishments. I'm like, I am so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're yeah. great. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. But I mean, you bring up a, a really good point about, um, telling stories and how like the jokers are telling stories of past things. Like that's, again, it's, it's how we communicate. It's how we, we deliver kind of our, our message and let's, let's bring it back to the, the workplace and let's think, you know, what well, let's think about in our own world in, in consulting, working with clients, and let's say that we're working with a client and they're facing an issue with with their analytics practice. There's two ways we can go into it. We can go into it with the best practices like, well, here's why here's what's happening. Here's why it's bad. Here's what we need to do. Or we can go into it with a story. We've seen this before in a company that looks just like ours. And let me tell you a little story about what went down there. Which one do you think is going to have the biggest impact and they're going to remember? It's the latter. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, again, like I, I empathize with, you know, not wanting to feel like we're taking away from the value of what we do, but I would challenge us, all of us working in, in more technical roles to actually pivot and look at it the exact opposite, that it's not taking away, it's enhancing what we do, because we're creating an opportunity to, to better communicate and again, be memorable for the people we're 
we're talking with. So it's, I, I think that's such a great um, example of in, in, in our world, um, either of those things would, will communicate the details, but only one of them really is going to have the emotional impact and the staying power. And that's the one where we're able to wrap a story around it. Again, we're not doing it because we have nothing else to share. We're not just creating a script out of thin air. We're taking our knowledge and our experience and we're wrapping a layer around it so that it's, more easy to communicate, more easy to digest, and is going to be more memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm going to bring up something you said two weeks ago. This is not about dumbing it down. This right. is not about reducing um, what you've put together, something serious, whether it is very serious feedback to, to a client or someone internally about things that are going on or... Um, critical data on the health of the business. This is not about dumbing it down. This is not making about making it simpler. It is making it more, you know, able to be communicated. Mm-hmm. It is is making it more receptive, and it is it is creating a, a connection between you and your audience to better receive what you are trying to to communicate. Because again, it's the like, let's go back to keep using examples. Like you're interviewing with somebody. You know, you could say, hi, I'm Jim. I have this much experience or it's the, yeah, you start to see a common bond and, oh, let me tell you this story because we have a mutual friend in common and you get to laughing and next thing you know, like the conversation is not as stuffy, not as dry. There's actual information being shared about experiences and in in, in case maybe it's like why you would be a good fit with, with a group. Uh, absolutely. And I think whether we're an individual contributor or a business um, with technology, it's kind of taken away the barriers of creation, promotion, um, publishing. By that, I mean that the world is a very noisy and crowded place. The marketplace is very noisy and crowded, whether you're selling a product or a service or you're selling your services as an employee. It's an incredibly noisy place. Um, and you know, back when we, uh, got jobs with resumes, you know, there was a whole industry that popped up around how to make your resume stand out and be more memorable. It's the same sort of thing. We've just blown up what it means to be memorable and to, to entertain. Um, and if we have any desire to stand out from an incredibly noisy marketplace, we have to do it by being memorable and we're memorable by telling stories that people can can remember and recite and and tell um and i feel like we kind of keep coming back to the same subject that it's really important that we're not saying we're making things up we're not crafting a narrative based out of thin air we're not writing a hollywood script we're taking our combination of experience and background and all of that and we're just packaging it up in such a way that it is it is memorable and and again i think our big challenge is we need to shift our thinking from we shouldn't have to do that. That takes away to we should be doing that. We have to do that. And it actually enhances the message that we're trying to get out. And if I can share one other completely random funny story, I was talking with a friend of mine who uh, is running a, a startup here in, in Utah. Him him and I were in, uh, speaking of New York, which we were talking about right before we we jumped on, we were in Manhattan. This was had to be 2004 maybe 2006 um we were there for a week working with major league baseball 
And uh, I don't know what was happening at the time, but um, our corporate um, travel department said the closest place that we could get was like a hotel, I think out near LaGuardia, uh, oh, which, man. yeah, I'm like, we, wait, we're there for the whole week. Like, we don't want to. So anyway, we're like, well, we'll handle it. And I don't know how my friend ended up finding like an apartment. There was an apartment complex that in between rentals, they did short-term rentals of the units. This was back before Airbnb existed. And he found us this apartment uh, in the city, like right downtown. Um, And uh, it was this little loft. And there's so many little stories that happened. One time the elevator got stuck between floors, like all these like amazing stories around that trip. And we still tell that story like 15, 20 years later uh, about that one event. And, you know, had nothing like that ever happened. We never developed a story. We never would have remembered about the work that we had done with major league, like everything around it just became part of that story and became something that we've recalled and remembered. Um, and so again, you know, completely off topic, but such an important reminder that it's, it's the stories that we remember and attached to those stories are oftentimes lots of details that we want to be able to recall and pass on. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think that that's like some of my most memorable clients are the ones that have those kind of things. It's not necessarily the level of work, what was accomplished. It was those kinds of stories. Like I think Mm -hmm. back to another major retailer I worked with more than 10 years ago and like they were a tough client to work with, especially this one individual somehow. And I don't even know how it happened. Like I was able to, to build a relationship with him where like he treated me differently than everybody else. Mm. Like he, he, he would yell and scream at others, but me, he'd call like, Hey, what do you think of this? Or what about this or whatever? The project, we were going into the QA phase and the QA environment was crap. It was unreliable. It was taking like just trying to do certain things to test. And this is before the days of a TMS. So the analogs mm-hmm. is hard code. So we had to QA the shit out of it Yeah. to, to before it went live. And like we would, at one point I'm sitting there with my, my phone timing how long it would take to, um, to execute a search. And it would take like five minutes, no lie, five minutes with hitting a search button to actually something mm-hmm. shows up. We get on the phone with, with everybody for like our, our, our biweekly QA meeting, like uh, where we had QA meeting every Tuesday and Thursday. He gets on and rips everybody to shreds. And like, okay, Dave, okay, Dave, we'll get a fix. We'll get the, you know, don't worry, Dave, it'll be okay. We get off the phone. No sooner do we hang up that my phone rang and I look at the area code and it's, it's him. So I pick it up. He's like, Hey Jim, just want to give you a call. I'll let you know, like you, your team, you're, you're doing everything you can from all appearances. I had to loop everybody together, but I know you're doing everything you can. That wasn't directed at you. It was directed at them, but just kind of had to put everybody on blast. Okay. Sounds good, Dave. You know, thanks. I appreciate the call. He's like, you know, how do you think, you know, and then we get into the, how do we, how do we try to make this work until they get it fixed? But again, like that's when I think of that client, I think of that phone call, like Mm. he just, he just ripped everybody a new asshole and then called me up and say, didn't mean you, but just kind of had to rip (laughs) you in from, for appearance sake. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that, that is, that is not a shocker knowing how Jim operates. (laughs) But and then I just I you you think about like the 
making things receptive and the bad news. Like I, and I guess it's just something I do naturally, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, the more I think about, like, I don't think about this, this is just the way I do it. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, met with a client and had some very tough feedback based on an assessment I, I, I performed. Um, and the, you know, wrapping some of it in, in the story of not just saying like, yeah, these are the best practices. It's no, I, I, I hear the complaints of this group. I see the issues here. These are my recommendations, not because they're best practices, because, but this is the vision I see for your team if we do it and we do it this way. Yeah, and, it, and that's such a strong example, whether you work in consulting or you're running an internal analytics team, that not only are we telling a story to help illustrate that message, but we're giving a story that then can be packaged up and shared by others in the business, which can be incredibly powerful, right? Because just think about this example you're talking about. Yes, we're solving uh, a communication challenge by building a story around it, but we're also giving our key stakeholder that story that can then go to his bosses and tell the story rather than saying, hey, we need to do this because, you know, the best practice for this or someone said that like, but if I can tell a story around why this is important and what other people faced when they didn't address now, all of a sudden, it becomes impactful. So, you know, we're kind of now talking about expanding the importance of story from not only just communication, but recommunication, shareability. Um, I, I think it's another huge uh, example of why being able to entertain and wrap a story around what we're doing can be so incredibly important. And then think about the things in your personal life that you share. I know you're not a big social media user, but think about the things you do share. Is it like, here's a list of facts or is it, here's something that's really, really interesting that may contain a list of facts. It's the latter, right? So um, we need to be thinking in those terms that just sharing the details is, is often not enough. We need to share it in such a way that it now becomes shareable because it's, something that we can all relate to. It's a story. It's entertaining. It's, you know, fill in the blank of why we tell stories. Yeah. And and if it's something where, you know, it's, it's not something you've regularly done for work, it can't be forced. Like this isn't something that you could just automatically start doing. Right. People will sniff it out and smell it. It's got to be something that's got to have a level of habit where it just, it's, part of a natural conversation with you. Oh, guess what happened this time? Or guess who I ran into? Or, you know, yeah, I was talking to Randy about this. So Jason, you know, check this out or, or whatever. Um, But it's also got to be genuine. It's got to be the genuine stories. It, it can't be the phony made up things of like, yeah, I live here. I do this. It's the, Hey, guess how I made a jackass out of myself. (laughs) Like those stories, the ones that make people laugh and kind of show like, yeah, okay, this person's got a sense of humor, or at least they think they do. I, I think it's a really important point that that you bring up, that it should be authentic, organic. I mean, we need to think about it, but we shouldn't, again, we shouldn't be scripting it. It should be part of just how we operate, and that takes time to develop. We need to put structure on how we develop it, but I'm sure we've all been in conversations where it's been that former where like they've literally tried to script this word for word. It is cringy. It is awkward. It is not fulfilling what, you know, the point of, of, of storytelling. So again, we, we've kind of taught, we've come at this from several different angles. What we're not talking about is sitting down and literally writing a script. What we are talking about is taking all of the things that go into what we're trying to do and just putting in the time to think about how to develop a narrative or a story around it. We shouldn't have to sit down 
and think up a script. It should yeah. just come organic, authentically. Yeah. You want impractical jokers level cringe by proxy or anxiety by proxy? Write a script. Write something mm-hmm. up phony, force it, and you'll get that. Yeah. That's not what we're saying because no. it, it is. It is incredibly awkward and uncomfortable uh, when when it's scripted and forced. Yeah. Yeah, so so to start wrapping wrapping up the conversation and start starting to summarize it, I think that that's the the, the key is 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 that I want to harp on is is this is this is something that's supposed to be genuine. Uh, this is meant for you to help you know as an individual creating rapport, whether it's with internal colleagues, uh, external clients, internal clients, those those that you work with. It helps create that that personal bond. And ultimately what it does help also pull out is, is shared purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether again, it's, it's working with an external client and you have a level of uh, personal connection there. You then you view that person as another person. They view you as another person. You're not just an outside vendor. They're not just a team that you have to submit requests to. This is someone you can go talk to to say, yeah, Hey, um, you know, how can I, what's the best way to get this request in? Or I don't do this often. Can we make an urgent request or something like that? They'll give you an honest answer versus maybe the the template. Like, nope, it's all got to go through the queue. We're the same thing with the, hey, Jim, I got this developer. Do you mind if I have them reach out to you? I just shot in the dark to see if you can answer it for them. Yeah, no, it's it's a great point. And, you know, it, we, we all, whether we're, we're willing to admit it or not, we all want to be memorable. We all want what? We all want what we do to be remembered. Um, And just as a collection of stats or list of accomplishments, it's not going to serve that purpose. We, we have to think about the, the story behind those things so we can make it again. I, I feel like I've overused the word, but I think the most important thing that we've talked about is being memorable. You know, we want what we do to be, to be memorable and shared. And the only way to really do that is through the art of story. Yeah. Perfect. And I think that's a, a great place to, to wrap up today's time, to- today's conversation, this, this theme in general. And again, taking us all the way back to where this started, a conversation with our friend, Stephen Marshall two months ago. And he just happened to blurt out this line about his story is the way you're able to receive and process new information. Mm-hmm. And it just made me really think about talking about the power of story work, you know, brand level, individual level, you know, communicating with data, all of those pieces. It's an incredibly powerful tool. And when used genuinely, authentically and used well, you're able to communicate massive amounts of information, complex information to, to a wide ranging audience perfection yeah cool all right uh so let's go ahead and wrap up there for now and um we'll catch everybody later see ya see ya thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 tangents if you enjoyed what you heard please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.